Hello, everybody. Welcome to Camel Call Podcast. The Camel Call Podcast. I was going to say Camel Call Friday, but now it's Camel Call Friday on a Wednesday. He's Evan Budrovich. I'm Chris Saymeyer. This is what's going to happen this spring. We're trying something new. Camel Call Friday. Now on a Wednesday, it'll be every other week. In between, you, you get over have, the hump. Like yes. You, you get a week of us. You take a week off we the figured, hump. We figured, why, why isn't the Camel Call podcast always on Wednesday? So it is going to be on Wednesday now. And the every other week, you will have, of course, um, our live to tape Camel Call Live podcast coming out on Wednesday. Every other Friday as well, you will have Stan Cole's Tales from the Creek. We are rolling out a bunch of Hall of Fame episodes as the Hall of Famers um, get inducted coming up this Saturday. But we will get you every other week caught up on what's been going on, Campbell Athletics, and get you set for the big weekend and week to come. And it starts with uh, Campbell men's basketball back on national TV at Gore Arena for the first time in four years. Do, 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 do. And ladies and gentlemen, it's on CBS Sports Network, new conference, new TV deal. They do a really, really good job of, um, of promoting and showing these games. If you can't make it out here, it's going to be on CBS Sports Network at 5 o'clock, the special time. We'll tell you a whole lot about that, but Thursday... Five o'clock, be there as Campbell takes on Elon. We got a lot more great winter sports stuff to talk about, including our Campbell wrestling team on a roll. Of course, they have been competing and winning championships for half a decade now, and they just might have their deepest team ever, Evan, when when you think of there's been six guys that have been in the top 35 and the top 30 all year long, and they're now on a four-match win streak. And to dominate Davidson the way they did, right, to start SoCon play, that match February 4th against App State, now App State's having a great year. That's going to really tell you something. But you're right, with, with Tay Gadiali and those six-ranked wrestlers, this reminds me of the COVID year for Campbell yeah. when they had three in the top ten with Kreiser and some others among that. But, yeah, this team is just as good as those teams in the past. And the fun part is they play the best teams at home in the conference. And that's always been... Sometimes you go to app, sometimes you go to chat, but to have app here, that you could not only have control of the league, you set the tone to win the regular season in that matchup. Yeah, just like they've been for the past 10 years, Campbell Wrestling is still in the Southern Conference, the SOCON. The CAA does not support wrestling as an official conference sport. Of course, the Big South didn't have it, so still in the SOCON, and it's still Campbell and App State are the, are the two teams at the top. App State last year was able to get him in the conference tournament for the first time in a long time. So that broke a streak for Campbell. So it's going to be huge. A week from this Friday, February 2nd, 7 p.m., it's going to be on UFC Fight Pass again. You think CBS Sports is big? Wow. UFC Fight Pass times three. It is going to be at Gore Arena. And you mentioned Tay Gadi Ali. Fantastic story of a guy that has gotten better both on and off the mat his entire time here. And he is in the top 10 and a legit top 10 wrestler. That is very important. If you can keep up there, that means you get a good seat in the national tournament. Campbell has done so many good things, winning championships, sending guy after guy after guy, four, five, six a year to the NCAA tournament. They've had one All-American in that time. Again, it is very hard to get up on that podium one through eight. Gadi Ali has the best chance in a long time. You travel with Kreiser in 2016. And he had to win what they call the blood round, which is the final elimination to get in the top eight. And with the seeding, like you mentioned, that puts Tay in a great spot to 
you win a couple early, you avoid the losing rounds, and, and you can be an yeah. All-American. But then, two with the UFC Fight Pass, we've seen in the fall not only the transformative atmosphere on those networks, but the amount of viewership. There's over 10 million views of a Twitter clip of Tay with a takedown, right? And that impression, that viewership, those eyeballs, it's kind of hard to quantify. And they've done a great job with a production standpoint. They'll make Bowie's Creek look like the biggest place in the world with a great yeah. atmosphere and the way the wrestlers cheer and are animated. Like, I, I'm pumped for that match just as a fan. Yeah, it's going to be sensational. And again, when you talk about right off the bat meaning a lot, the winner of that match will most likely go on to win the Southern Conference regular season. So February 2nd, even though there's a long way to go in the wrestling season, that's going to be on UFC Fight Pass and it's going to be something else. Your uh, parents, Mag and Jerry, will be right there. That's right. Are they, are they ringside or are they up in the seats? So so mom, you know, wrestling, she'll watch from afar. Dad has one of the mat side seats. Um, so he will uh, he will be there for, for the entirety of that and every home match. And you can get your tickets as well. GoCamels.com, of course. Students always in for free. Track and field. Indoor season has started off, and the track team has picked up where they left off. Every time they run, another Campbell record falls, a CAA record falls, and boy, they had a, a great couple of opening opening weekends for sure. It is fun following their Twitter account because every post is broken record, broken record, and or won a competition at an indoor event and, and credit to this program we've we've talked about with the transition last year but now in year two and going on year three for Virgil Givens to you know build his program out develop his athletes more well-rounded add more scholarships in the indoor and more the the track events and less on the cross-country side it is boosted not only the women's program but the men's program is outstanding and to have that balance, that, that's so key come conference time. Yeah, no doubt. And it's uh, it's certainly something that to watch for because NCA and T, of course, they are the big juggernaut in the CAA. They have track and field athletes that are on Olympic trial teams and, and on the Olympics as well. They put a lot of their eggs in the basket of the outdoor season. Indoor, it's this weird mix of who you have racing win, how many you choose to bring up or whatever. Campbell has a good chance talking to the coaching staff to win a conference title in, in indoor, and they certainly have the athletes to do it. So that'll be really fun to watch. Indoor is about a month, and then they have the conference championship, yeah. and then they're, they're right uh, outside. It's, uh, they're at the it's Campbell City Invite, which is my favorite name of yeah, an event. Yeah, that's right. Up in Cigarette Town, Winston-Salem. We usually, <laughs> it's not what it's called, the Dash City. Sorry for our friends up in Winston-Salem. Sorry, it used to be called the Camel City. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's uh it's up there as well as uh, man this this camel call we've got a lot of energy we've got a lot yeah. of energy on Wednesday I'm bringing Midway back the 1920 the vibes you really of, are of cigarettes you really, <laughs> you really are we didn't think many FCC violations I don't think you're supposed to mention those on uh, on podcasts anymore we will turn the table to tennis as our uh, tennis season has begun and they go up the road take on a top 10 team in North Carolina but it's fun look if, if you haven't been to a collegiate tennis match they're free um, over um, on the other side of where the softball and the and the soccer fields are on the Eeks Athletics Complex they have a lot of home matches I would go over there and watch they have done some things to the center of uh, of the tennis facility where you can see you're not just looking through a, a chain link link fence and it's a lot of fun and we have some some great great athletes on both the men's and women's side and the collegiate atmosphere of just the players cheering for each other. 
So you think about this, you break it up into doubles competition and then the singles. And as the matches are going on, you hear individual points. Break point, go see you. You know, that energy of like these international kids cheering for each other as one wins or one loses. And that element of tennis, you don't see it as much on the individual side. Like the Australia Open this week, right? Four of the top five seeds in the world are all in the semifinals. It's not the case in collegiate tennis. There's more upsets. You get more break points. There's more long rallies. And that aspect of tennis. Now, sometimes it's cold, but early matches and they play around 2 or 3 o'clock. It's great to film from our standpoint. And, and that's just a fun everyone's invested in each other's success yeah it's uh it's a lot of fun to watch and they will be at home a lot over the next uh, month or so our women's swim team back in the pool again they will take on liberty up in lynchburg virginia uh, a couple of days up there and then they really fine-tune they're about a month away from their conference tournament which is now they finally have a home in the caa so that'll be fun as as zach bagby has that program as he said it's going swimmingly as i asked him the other day so he already has all He's his got the coach puns down he already has his coach puns down and um, as good as a guy as you can meet and a big thank for everything that he has done for this program and our golfers are going to get back out there our men's golf team they will be at the seabest invitational down in florida doesn't that sound like a nice way to spend what a uh, next monday and friend Tuesday. of the podcast matt moot having to spend the weekend <laughs> down in florida no doubt, no doubt. So all of that fun going on. And now we bring it back full circle to basketball. And let's start with our Campbell women's team. Again, thank you for listening to this podcast. We kind of fill in the blanks for you. Maybe if you're just casual, the women have been on the road a lot. They're 9-8 and eight overall. They're 2-4 and four in the conference. And, of course, Ronnie Fisher's team's always competing for conference championships. Let me tell you something. In those three of those four losses, they have come down to last possessions, last shots. Those could easily be three wins. But the two wins that they do have in the conference are two of the most impressive wins you can have. Both at home, they beat up on Towson 69-59 to a couple of Sundays ago. Towson, the defending champions, preseason favorites, and Stony Brook that had one loss coming in. That was to Power 5 Minnesota last Sunday. Campbell took them down, took them out in overtime, 75-73. to 73. So Campbell's two wins in the conference against arguably the two best teams in the conference. And Stony Brook had won 10 straight. You mentioned that. Stony Brook in the mid-major poll, which all the mid-major programs, seventh. Yeah, That is a legit NCAA tournament team that I think even if they lose in the conference tournament, have one of those outside chances. The point being is they'll make a tournament yeah. and they'll be dangerous. They have the player of the year, Kari Clark, down low. They have a great point guard. Their coach is a, an All-American as a player, and she's a candidate for National Coach of the Year right now. And Ronnie's ability to make in-game adjustments, right? And we've talked about Ronnie as an X's and O's genius, and he'll spend more time on film than anybody in the league, bar none. And he coached those girls up. They struggled Friday at Wilmington, did not look very good defensively. And then he holds the highest-scoring team in the league in the 50s in regulation. Game goes to overtime. Christabel Azuma scores 28 and missed a bunny for 30 late, but basically had 30 points. And that team riding her and some balanced scoring from Brittany Staves, who's been good. Like, they have the pieces. Now can they do it consistently on the road? Because they've been really good at home this year. Yeah. It's been uh, it's been sensational. And and here's another fact that's just great. They, they take on Stony Brook. That's their first conference game of the year. Stony Brook has done all the things you knew it was going to be tough. 
They lost that game by 30, and it was a game that they led in the second quarter. 30 points. Ronnie Fisher's team do not get beat by 30 points. Stony Brook looked really, really good. I said to myself, I'm like, okay, when does Stony Brook come down here? I was like, wow, it's in two weeks. I really wish that game was farther in February because I would love to see if you give Ronnie Fisher a month and a half to come up with the game plan, that's going to be a game. I said, two weeks, who knows? Two weeks, and he puts together a game plan to beat a team that had beat his team by 30. Not only that, but to keep his staff and his student-athletes in it mentally. They go to Monmouth after that Stony Brook, lose by two, a game that they could have won. Had and a they led 16 nothing in that game. Like, mentally, that's so hard to overcome. And then they come back, come back home, take on an Elon team. They lose by one in a game that they could have win, came down to the wire. Then they rebound, beat that Towson team, a big favorite. Then they go on the road. You mentioned it on Friday at UNCW. UNCW doesn't have a very good record. That's going to be a rival game from here from here on out, but... They got beat down there, did not play very good. Two days later, they come back and beat a team that, quote-unquote, they weren't even close to three weeks ago. I mean, I mean, just just amazing what he has been able to do with the team and showing the high ceiling of that team as well. The way that conference is balanced right now, no team's undefeated. So on the men's side, Drexel 7-0. They look really yep. good. The women's side, like 1 through 14, it's pretty darn balanced. Yeah. And that's what helps Campbell right now. You look at them at two and four, and you're right. Probably two of those games could have flipped on one possession. You're right away from being the third or fourth ranked team. No doubt. Like in this league, you don't want to be bottom four because you got to play a play-in round, and you want to be top four so you get the double buy. That's kind of how it shakes out. Yeah. Campbell can easily get right back in that top four, but they got to win two, three in a row. And the way they've worked Christabella Zoom in the paint, she's playing all conference first team level right now. And if they can use her every night and be a consistent force, they're, they're a dangerous out in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out because, number one, the point being that there's there's a lot of games. There's 18 games in the, in the conference season, but the conference means something. Yeah, it always means something, but in the Big South, maybe the first two got the buy or whatever. First four get a double buy as they try to protect their best teams. Bottom four have to play basically two extra games. You play a marathon yeah. to win in the bottom four. Yeah, so you – you have to get above 10, but if you can get into that top four, that really changes your outlook on a on a whole lot of things. And so his his, his team right there, as the point being, don't be fooled uh, by their record as they have been sensational. They'll be at home this Friday, 7 o'clock. Going to be a fun night. Camel's mean business as they take on NCA&T, 7 o'clock on Friday, and that's going to be local businesses. Some orange-owned businesses are going to be on the concourse, and that's presented by our friends at Dunn Travel and tourism so come on out on friday and then because the caa scheduler must have fall asleep they have to get on a plane on saturday and go up to boston they'll take on northeastern two o'clock away on sunday there are some weird travel partners in this league so stony brook just a funny aside last week hosted towson then jumped on a plane from jfk to Bowie's creek or to raleigh sorry but Basically, in this league, you are traveling, you're moving. Not every trip's you're bouncing from <laughs> yeah. you know one school to the next in two hours. It, it does wear on you on the road, and that makes it challenging for these teams. Yeah, yeah. The CAA could have done a little better there, but uh, but but what are you going to do? The men's team will be home from two and two big games before we talk about their national uh, TV return on Thursday and then taking on the defending champs, College of Charleston, on Saturday. Let's talk about their road trip. Quite frankly, on, on January 18th, Thursday, against William & Mary, a 77-64 to victory. 
I believe, the most complete game I've seen them play all year. Defensively, they were really good. Offensively, they were on. It was a game where they didn't hit many three-pointers. They hit just four three-pointers all game. It didn't matter because they had such good interior passing. They looked crisp. They looked great. It was a big win on the road. Two days later at Towson, 77-43. to 43. They got beat up really, really bad against a team that's wide and physical. It reminds you that, that in this league, a lot of it, like I said, Campbell's going to catch a lot of people on Saturday. Towson caught them on Saturday, a tough team to prepare for to realize how physical you have to be with just one day and travel in between to get prepared. And that's what Campbell got caught with. And Towson beat Charleston the day, the day before or that Thursday night. And Charleston had won, I think yeah. it was eight straight or nine straight at that point. So to Campbell's credit, they, they've seen how at home they've been a tough out. I mean, Hofstra has proven they're better than their record. And Delaware, they had that game in the bag to the last five minutes. The challenge on the road, you want to split like we've talked about, but also, too, there's different styles of play. Like yeah. Charleston on Saturday is going to shoot 33s, and they're going to spread the court. And Elon is guard-oriented. They're going to set pick and rolls. Billy Taylor, who played for Carolina, they're going to run a lot of Carolina sets. Those are two totally different styles of play. So you go from Thursday facing Elon and then you face Charleston, that'll chuck it up from 3.30 times. So even that part of it is different. And we've seen with Kevin McGeehan's offense, it has taken some opponents time to get used to. And that is the one nice mm-hmm. part of moving to this league. Not as much familiarity. That might be tougher on Saturday because we know the rivalry of Pat Kelsey and Kevin McGeehan. But that does help you in some moments too. Yeah, and 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 let's be honest here, Campbell – three and three at this point in the season in the conference that is in a five-way tied for fifth but there's a four-way tie for second place in the conference you mentioned Drexel seven and oh all by themselves and then UNCW Charleston Towson and NC A&T what happened to A&T four and two. they had they had what two wins coming into conference obviously our game they played well and they've been rolling since yeah I mean I I told a, I told a few people this and I thought people were just trying to you know, thought that I was just trying to make them feel better. When Campbell lost to NCNT the first game of the CAA, NCNT had won two games. And when you looked closer at what they were dealing with, they lost 91% of their scoring, their rebounding, their defense. It was a new coach. They basically recreated a team. It was a team that had some pieces that were finally coming together. And you've seen it's no fluke. NCANT is there at four and two. So Campbell, two and two on the road. Really, really important. Remember, we say all the time, hey, if you can split your road games, get the majority of home games, you're going to have a good conference record. That's what Campbell has done so far. A big weekend. Thursday, not only are they on national TV, but they take on an Elon team that has gotten off to a slow start in the conference at 1-5. and And then you mentioned they take on Charleston. This is not only the defending champions in this conference. It's Pat Kelsey, who was a longtime coach at Winthrop and who has played Campbell a lot. We've met twice in a final. Yep. One during the COVID year and one during Chris Clemens' sophomore year. Now, I need to bring up this number because it has nothing to do with this game, but Pat Kelsey all-time is 13-4 and four against Kevin McGee. I mean, I think, I think it has something to do because it's, again, we talk about one of the advantages that Campbell has is with their offense, if you haven't seen it before, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to prepare for. But that adds a little bit more to a rivalry. And both coaches worked in the A-10 together. Yes. Back to McGeehan's days at Richmond and then Xavier yep. with those matchups back and forth. Like, there is they a— They were two assistants battling each other, yep. Th- there's a neat tie to this game because even at Big South Media Day, we'd walk around in our suit and ties, and just seeing the two coaches interact, there was a respect— 
but kind of like this, I walk past you and whisper, I want to beat that you-know-what. Like, right? And and that element of it, and Pat is fiery, he's emotional. It's true. He, he left Winthrop for a good job at Charleston. Yeah. Kevin started at Campbell the same year Pat started at Winthrop. Both have had success, and now they meet again in this kind of neat rivalry. Not that it matters on the court, but I can tell you these coaches will be locked in Saturday at 2. Yeah, that'll be a sensational game Saturday at 2. Hoop room that day. That'll be on Flow Sports. But Thursday, we'd love to see you come out, folks. 5 o'clock, a special 5 o'clock starts. Students, faculty, staff of Campbell University, free dinner for you there as well from our friends at Chick-fil-A, Papa John's, Pepsi, and Bojangles. Wow. It's going to be a cup giveaway for I heard the first it was a happy 100 hour, but students. that's like the, the quad of happy yeah. food. Yep, there's going to be food there. There's going to be drinks. It's going to be a lot of fun. And again, this is special. CBS Sports Network, it's a, it's a notch up from ESPNU. What the great thing the CAA does is they say, these are your TV games at the beginning of the year, so you can prepare for them. Campbell and the Big South didn't do that. The Big South didn't want to feature one of their best arenas. And that's on. why the last three years, Campbell, yep. with its move to the new conference, combined with a tough conference record, yep. Asheville, Winthrop, and Radford had most of the television And they were on all the time. Now, High Point this year is very good, and they've had most of the EU opportunities. Yep. So in this league, you get three games a week on TV. We're featured twice at home, twice on the road. And the last time we were on CBS Sports, I always forget about this, down internationally in the Jamaica tournament. Yeah. It, and then Chris Clemens goes off. He has the nasty dunk. We That's win the, that championship in the certain division. And, and that, I mean, that was great exposure because we have Bill Roth on the call, who works for Virginia Tech and ESPN. Like, that was huge national yeah. TV. And CC3 kind of started his senior year with that epic tournament. Yeah, that's right. CBS Sports Network down in Jamaica. Um, boy, that that fantastic year for, for Chris Clemens. And back on CBS Sports Network, 5 o'clock, we would love to see you out for that game. Campbell, men's basketball featured at home. They've been on national TV, of course, a lot over the last four years, but featured at home for the first time in four years. So that'll be a big one as Campbell takes on Elon. You can get a live audio coverage on GoCamels.com and the Varsity Network if you cannot get CBS Sports Why don't Network. you just mute the TV and listen to you and Jay? I mean, <laughs> that, that's really the best of both worlds, honestly. Hey, that's true. I want to tell you about our 1K for 1K campaign Campbell Athletics beginning their 1K for 1K campaign. We need 1,000 people to give $1,000 or more to join the Fighting Camel Club and further impact the lives of our student-athletes. Head to GoCamels.com and hit the Give button for more information. Every dollar gets poured back into those student-athletes. That is important to know. We are here to help them, develop them, and like Hannah's talked about, building championships. And that starts with not only good teams, but good support as well. And speaking of building a team, building a championship team, uh, Ronnie Fisher, you can only imagine after the big quote-unquote upset win against Stony Brook. Boy, he had a lot to say after the game, and we talked to the coach after his big win against the first-place team in the CAA. Yeah, it was an amazing game. It's a great game to be a part of. And uh, just the resilience that our players showed after losing a tough one two days ago and, and coming in here and getting ready for what's one of the best teams has ever played in this gym, uh, this, uh, this arena on the women's side. Uh, they're so talented and, and uh, we just showed a tenacity about us and, and, 
and, and it was like a, a prize fight, and we were the last one standing. That's what it felt like. And, and uh, just so so proud of the effort of our players, not just the game, but the preparation. And when you lose a game or two, you, it's easy to get down, and we, we bounced back, and, and we had a, uh, a united team and really, really proud of the effort. Two weeks ago, this team beat you by a lot up at their place. What changed in those two weeks? Well, I don't know that anything changed as far as we have really good players. I think we, we prepared really well and we had a very, very better game plan. Uh, obviously, Christabel down low, it was very difficult for them to stop her. And, and we kept getting the ball down there to her. And then, you know, Brittany stays and Cheyenne Tooley, two seniors stepped up. Brittany had 19 points, stepped up, made some huge baskets. And, and uh, Shy as well, those four threes are huge. And then we got contributions for everybody on the defensive end. You know, we made some stops down that stretch. That last possession, Gemma Garden, number zero, who's a heck of a player and not fouling her and stopping her. And, and as a whole team, we just, we just found a way to win. And, and that makes you proud as a coach. Yeah. We've talked before about your leaders being so resilient. You've played really well this year and lost some heartbreaking games on this court. What, what can you say just about your leaders and how they have been able to, to steer this and get a win? Like yeah, I, th I think we, you know, no matter what happens, we come to work the next day and we watch everything on video and we, uh, you know, we accentuate the positives and the negatives. And I think they see how good we can be. And, and uh, you know, they, they, they're a confident group. They know we can win. and, and Unfortunately, we've lost a few that we maybe could have won, but we never got down, and we know our potential. And I think true confidence comes not always from the win and loss record, but to seeing your performance and seeing how good you can be and taking the positives from it. And, and then we finally put it all together today. And last Sunday, those are two really big wins back-to-back -back at our place. Uh, two excellent teams and just, just really proud to coach this group. Finally, the, the, the crowd was just really electric there, really through the whole game, but when you guys needed it most in the, in the fourth quarter and overtime. Yeah, they were awesome. And, and uh, you know, and then it, we think we're going to maybe win, and we don't win in regulation, and, and Swin fouls out. And now it looks like maybe the momentum has shifted, and the crowd in that overtime really showed up. And that gives our kids so much, um, it, it pumps them up. And uh, we made some great defensive plays and a couple steals there. I remember Jimmy getting one and Shy getting one. Just really big defensive plays and, and it converted on the offensive end. And uh, we missed a few easy ones that maybe could have made and tried to give me a heart attack there. Uh, but we, we really finished the game and just really proud of our team. That'll do it for Camel Call. We will be back, Evan and I, in two weeks. But, of course, the next week we feature on Monday Camel Call Live at the county seat. From 6.30 to 7.30, Trina Prater and uh, her softball team will be featured to softball takeover on Camel Call Live, and we will post that for you, the recording on the podcast on Wednesday. They're going for the four-peat. So it used to be back-to-back-to-back. Yeah. I don't know if they're just going to add a back to it and try to roll with it, but that's, that's a great opportunity for them this year. Remember, spring is coming, and uh, Campbell shines on the diamonds. It's a ring season in the spring, but we're uh, hoping for some good stuff from wrestling uh, basketball and swimming as well. For Evan Budrovich, I'm Chris Samar saying so long. Thank you for tuning in to the Camel Call podcast. Have a great week.